Hello Internet, my name is Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And for this week's podcast, I'm genuinely excited, Matt. <laughs> As opposed to each other week. When the fake <laughs> enthusiasm I put on for each and every <laughs> single rubbish topic that we have to podcast on. This week, I'm pumped. Uh, it's Arrested Development. Let's not bury the lead. It's Arrested Development Season 4 that we're talking about. And um, obviously there's been rumours of Arrested Development returning for years. Ever so, It's from the day it was cancelled, pretty much. Yeah, the end of the show, I think it's in the epilogue, where Ron Howard is pitched the idea by Maybe and Jeff, and Ron says, no, I don't think that'll work as a show, maybe a movie. Mm. And from then everyone's like, the movie, there's going to be a Rest of Development movie. Which is fair enough, because that's the very last line of the series. It sort of becomes a lot funnier, last line of the series, if there is an actual movie. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a weird line to end your series <laughs> on, right? Like, <laughs> But it looked like it was never going to happen. Well, every about six months, there was an article saying it was going to happen. Mm. Like, what did you think of this when we had the, like, Jason Bateman says it's on. <laughs> he's he's promoting Juno, but, like, he's just talking about a rest of development movie all the time. Ron Howard, he's saying it's the go <laughs> on his campaign for Frost Nixon. He's just talking about the rest of development movie. All these people got, like, Oscar-like nominations or in Oscar movies, and they just went around talking about the rest of development movie. It did sort of keep your hope alive, but at the same time... It was kind of, like, disappointing that nothing was actually coming out. Yeah. It was sort of like the bully punching you and then telling you he's not going to hit you anymore. And then he punches you again and again and again and again. And after about the sixth time, you think, this is just part of the psychological torment. It's clearly not going to stop. There's clearly not going to be a movie. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. And it has been seven years since the show was cancelled. Like, that's like more than twice as long as the show was on TV for. Like, um, so I guess you could be forgiven for thinking, for losing hope, for losing faith, but um, it's here. And being doubled down, not a movie, but a whole new season of Arrested Development. This is the best and worst thing that could happen to a huge Arrested Development fan. Okay, Okay, let, let's start with the good. Why is it the best? It's probably obvious. <laughs> because this is the greatest comedy show of all time. Yes. This is my favourite comedy. Yeah, I'd agree. Number Completely. one. Completely. To get more episodes of that, more content of a show that obviously we didn't want to be cancelled, yeah. of a show that we love, wanted to continue, yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Especially when you've waited so long. Yes. The downside... Yeah, what's the, what's the negative? What's the rub? is that it's difficult, if not impossible, for them to live up to our expectations. Yes, because we're expecting the greatest comedy (laughs) series of all time. (laughs) And they run the risk of sort of bringing down the whole show in a way. Sort of like a bad season four besmirches the whole legend... And legacy. ...of the Mm. best and most perfect show ever made. They wouldn't have done it right unless they had something good, oh, right? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what you tell yourself. That's what John Lasseter was saying about Cars 2. <laughs> Pixar, we don't make a sequel unless we've got a good idea. <laughs> what would we do to ruin the reputation of Pixar? We would, Cars yeah. 2. <laughs> okay, so, uh, look, fair enough, but... 
the good news is the buzz is very strong at the moment. Like, I think Arrested Development is at an all-time high for buzz. We've got banana stands being set up in London and New York. We've got the uh, stair car driving around LA at the moment. <laughs> uh, the fans are taking to the internet. Like, people are very excited. The, the cast are going all over the place. Like, they're obviously very excited about the work. They think it's good. Or at least they've learned that they need to market the yeah, show. Yeah. People <laughs> need to watch or else they'll get cancelled. They won't get the funding for the movie. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, and it, it really, because I think the whole plan of this fourth season is these 15 episodes are meant to lead up to the movie. The end of the third season, the cast sort of split up a bit. The characters sort of split up to some degree. The season's going to be, what have they been getting up to? What brings them all back together as a family? And then the movie's going to be, now what do they get up to? Now they're back together. So, I like this for a couple yeah. of reasons. One, just more content. Yes. And two, I think this is going to help the movie. Because if the movie had to spend a lot of time giving backstory and explaining where they've been and how they got... It would seem a little bit forced and rushed and there wouldn't be enough time for the yes. film to seem natural. So, hopefully great season leads into a great movie. I hope so. But uh, the movie hasn't been green lit at the moment. I think they're probably waiting to see how the show is received. Mm. Yeah. So, guys, just 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 like the show. Like, <laughs> then we'll get the movie. <laughs> the show comes out in a w- about a week's time. Yes. We will be having a detailed uh, epic review of that. Mm. Um, but we thought to get people excited... To uh, arouse people's interest. Also to to take benefit of the fact that Arrested Development will be a popular keyword this week. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) On the internet. Um, Yeah, this is by no means an attempt to shoot our what early. We're (laughs) saving... um, Start talking about it now. We've, We've still got plenty in the tank for a future podcast. So what we thought would be a good idea to do to get excited. Let's have a look back. What are the 10 greatest episodes of Arrested Development of all time? Let's do a bit of a countdown, a final countdown, if you will. <laughs> there we go. Kind of hoping that would run on a bit longer. <laughs> well, you're so mad at me for playing the Game of Thrones theme. I didn't want to <laughs> overdo it. Okay. Now, a lot of media outlets do ranks. There's sexiest women ranks. There's bestseller ranks. But no one does a rank like Screen Verdict. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Very <laughs> If there's one thing I believe in this world, <laughs> no one does a rank like us. <laughs> We've done... Best drama characters, best sitcom characters. We got our best of 2012. Mm. If you want something put in a list, an ordered list, Screen yeah. Verdict is the place to come. Yes. And Screen Verdict has decided to list their top 10 episodes of Arrested Development. Mm. Not including season four episodes. <laughs> Might have to, as an excuse to come back and do another yeah. Arrested <laughs> Development podcast. <laughs> So we've ordered, um, we've already, me and John have discussed some of them, ranked some of them, so we've got a bit of order, we can get uh, through them sort of briefly. We've left the final three unranked at the moment, and we'll decide that on the podcast, you can listen to our deliberations for that. Very heated 
uh, debates. Yes. So, in slot number 10, the 10th greatest episode of Arrested Development, Good Grief. Yes, Good Grief, an episode from season two. Mm-hmm. What goes down in this one? Well, the family finds out that George Sr. has died. Mm. So they put on a funeral for him. But he hasn't died. <laughs> He's um, George Michael finds him hiding in the ground like Saddam Hussein, which I think is just great. He's got the beard on. And then um, and the giveaway Michael, is yeah. the, uh, uh, the toothpaste, because George Sr. always has such perfect white teeth. Yes. And then you've got George Michael inspecting his teeth with the... Um, Especially to a popsicle stick sort of thing, and it's exactly the way they did it to Saddam Hussein when they found him. So that was such a funny sort of like um, parallels to Saddam Hussein. Uh, we have the funeral, the wait, which is pretty funny. Um, George Michael hiding George Senior. We've got really it's a great Job episode because it opens with him wanting to be in a poof. Uh, which isn't a gay thing. It's a magician, for, uh, a magazine for magicians. And uh, then obviously to try and get in this poof, he decides to make the funeral all about him and to become his father's body. And he goes into the coffin and it, it's a bit of a disaster. It's just a joy. It's, it's a Job illusion gone wrong in a very funny way. I really liked him having Buster as his assistant. Yeah. And he gets him a stripper costume as well. Yeah. But he's got this too small, like, World War One outfit. Yeah. And he's just doing this strange dancing. And Job's trying to get him to stop because it's taking the attention away from him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, great episode. A lot of fun. If that's number 10, I can only imagine what's in the top nine. Mm. And I'd have, I have to imagine because I, there's no way I know. <laughs> Can read the next one from our list. <laughs> <laughs> and the episode coming in at number nine is Making a Stand yes. from season three. Mm-hmm. This is a bit of a callback episode. Mm. And it involves teaching lessons. Yes, George Sr. liked to teach the children lessons when they were young. If they were yelling or they would forget to leave a note to get more milk. He'd bring in J. Walter Weatherman, mm. the one-armed man, and yeah. there'd be this elaborate scenario where people would be yelling and he wouldn't be able to hear them and therefore he'd crash into this guy and the arm would come flying <laughs> off and the kids would scream and they would learn their ne- lesson to stop screaming or leave a note. Yeah. In season three, this episode's really focused on George Sr. playing Job and Michael off one another. Mm. And I think it's George Sr. ends up giving Job the idea of setting up a rival banana stand <laughs> to compete with Michael's banana stand so they get at war with each other. And there are just some great lines from Job in this episode. Like, we're going to get the last laugh. We'll be the laughing stock of the boardwalk. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets like... Strip, uh, he gets like girls and like bikinis to come and uh, promote promote the banana stand, and he goes, "Come to a banana stand that can make your banana stand." Please welcome Sandra and D. <laughs> I really like the montage for that. Yeah, where Ron Howard says something like, "It would have been kind of funny to yellow submarine, but who can afford that?" Yeah, and they've got their own cheap version yeah. of, sort of the song. Yeah. So it was very good. And it's a great episode for Michael being overly competitive. Like, I think the great thing about Michael as a character in Arrested Development is he's the sort of the straight person 
But he really is just as dysfunctional and got his own issues like everyone else in the family too. So I really like that this is an episode where really Michael sort of at his worst. Mm. Mm. And the episode sort of culminates mm. with Job and Michael try and make George Sr. think he's been kidnapped. Yeah. Um, to teach him a lesson. Yes. But Job spills that to George Sr. So they plan to teach Michael a lesson. <laughs> But it turns out that Michael and Job had planned to turn it back on George Senior all along. And then Buster comes out of nowhere and gets his hand shot off. Yeah. (laughs) And he says, that's why you don't use a handicapped man (laughs) to teach people lessons. So the lesson we learn from that episode is you don't use handicapped people to teach lessons to other people. <laughs> it was a great, great, uh, really clever, really fun. And just talking through it now, I'm thinking, maybe you should have been higher on this. That's a great episode. <laughs> In position number eight, let's go back to where it all began. The pilot of Arrested Development. The episode that started it all. Hmm. This is on the list for me because... It's sort of symbolic of the starting of the best show of all time. Yeah. But also because it's just so clever. I love how well it sets up every single storyline for the rest of the show. Mm. When you come to the final episode and you end up sort of with a similar thing on the boat and you see how every story has had its arc and how it's wrapped up and it all was started, the foundation came from that first episode, makes you think, A, that's just really clever writing and B, you're just sort of glad to know that the show makers knew what they were doing from the start. And I think that's why it was such a great episode, because they knew what they were setting out to try and achieve. Yeah, it probably wasn't until the second episode of WrestleMania that I fell in love with the show. But this first episode, I remember watching it going, and I, I knew it had won the Best Comedy Series Emmy before I'd seen it. So I was pretty excited. Let's see what this show is. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I hope it's good because it just won the Emmy. And there were bits in this that I just wanted to rewind and watch again. (laughs) Just little things like when Michael says to Tobias, how's the job thing going? And Tobias goes, it's good. It's going to be good. Just the way he says that is really funny. Just George Senior in a cowboy hat trying to get away from the, like, uh, SEC is just so... Like, him on the... Job's illusion. Yeah, Job's illusion. And just, oh, how Michael says, yeah. like, oh, how's the the uh, trick? He's like, it's an illusion, Michael. A trick is a whole, something a whore does for money. Yeah. Or cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love the bit where... And, and this is where you learnt Jason Bateman, best reaction... Got best guy doing reactions because when George Senior gives the company to Lucille, just the look on Michael's face of shock and disappointment is just so funny. And of course, the kiss that stopped the nation. <laughs> a kiss that I guess was also intended to teach a lesson. Yes, it was. <laughs> It's an educational show, Arrested Development. And that was uh, the, the actress who plays Maybe, alias Wicket. That was her first ever kiss. Oh. Yeah. Could have done worse. Could have done worse than that. Of course you could have. So, <laughs> it's not about her. It's about, like, anyone could do worse than Michael Sarah. <laughs> so, 
Very good. We love the pile. It's just so good. Okay, up next, number seven on our list, Exit Strategy. The penultimate episode of the series, up until they, I guess, approved a fourth series season. Yes. In a way, this is the episode that resolves all the storylines in the show. The last episode is a little bit of sort of an epilogue in a way. This episode, we get all the big reveals about what's been going on in Iraq, Hmm. uh, who's really been behind everything that's going on. And I like this episode because of some really clever things. Things like where Michael goes to rescue Joe because he's been imprisoned in Iraq and... Joe Boys has this thing about Michael not showing emotion. He goes, I don't know if you have enough at Bram to understand this, Michael. When <laughs> yeah. he starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason Joe gets in prison is for doing a uh, religious illusion uh, in Iraq. <laughs> a uh, burning bush illusion. <laughs> and it gets the crowd riled up like, burn bush, burn bush, burn bush. <laughs> and the US arrest him for his burning bush. <laughs> and it's the great thing where they find uh, the weapon of mass destruction and it's just a model weapon <laughs> of mass destruction, like, because it's a model home. Um and here's a fun little thing, too. They find the Bluff model house in Iraq, and it's got all these fake Saddam Husseins in there, right? Earlier in the season, one of the characters is watching um, watching the TV of the Saddam Hussein trials. And they go, doesn't that look like the soup Nazi from Seinfeld or something? <laughs> one of the actors... In the Exit Strategy episode that was one of the Saddam Hussein impersonators was the actor who played the soup Nazi in Seinfeld. <laughs> and Saddam saying, it's not me, you've got it's the wrong Saddam. It's not me, you've got the wrong Saddam. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty clever. Um, <laughs> Tobias thinks he's in some scrapbooking class and he's, like, getting grilled by the FBI. The CIA's <laughs> scrapbooking sting. Yeah. They've got all these criminals just... Giving them evidence, pasting it into these books. (laughs) That's great. Uh, George Michael throws a birthday party for maybe his wife, right? (laughs) I think that's one of the greatest things that they got married in the episode. They accidentally got married the episode before. And uh, they get drunk on fake wine and uh, I think get to second base. I love how George Michael sort of likes the fact that they're married yeah. and keeps on saying they should, like, do, like, husband and wifey things as, like, a joke, like, yeah, being yeah. ironic. <laughs> I love how, like, her phone rings in an episode. <laughs> what is this? He goes, oh, I got you a wedding ring, Tone. <laughs> it's just so great. Smooth. <laughs> George <laughs> Michael's so smooth. <laughs> At least his legs are. Yeah. <laughs> So that's fantastic. Um, okay, so uh, now number six, Missing Kitty. Episode from season one. Yes. And this, for me, was a pretty important episode in the run of Breast of There's some great stuff with, like, you know, Lucille being critical of Maybe and, and uh, various things. But I think this is great because you see a lot of George Michael Job interaction, which I think is always funny. Job is trying to teach George Michael some magic and get him included on this. It's spring break and he's getting George Michael in the magic spring break scene, which 
Michael is not very impressed with uh, George uh, Michael looking up to his uncle. So that's funny. And we have the great, I think, maybe even the greatest Job illusion in the series. The, <laughs> the um, Well, you've got the opening one with the Queen of Diamonds trick um, where he looks up his, rips his shirt off and he's got the Queen of Diamonds painted on his nipples. <laughs> I think that's great. And actually, some of my egos, John Michael, was like, is that your card? And he's like, no, but that's amazing. How did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lost the trick, even though it didn't work. Yeah. Well, I've got a bit of a story about this. The year this season aired was, I was in high school, my last year of high school, and there was a talent show. And I thought, it would be great to do that trick. <laughs> so I got some, a deck of cards. I painted on, I think it was my stomach. I didn't do my nipples. I, it was a private <laughs> school. I did, I, I, so anyway. We I didn't have nipples. <laughs> I private it may be a bit risque for the, for the <laughs> Christian school. Anyway, so I um, painted Queen of Diamonds on my stomach, right? And I just picked some year seven kid that was in the audience. Come up, kid. And so he came up and like, pick a card, show everyone your cards. So I like turned around and showed everyone his card. And they go, was this your card? And he's like, no. And I go, ah. Oh. And I lifted up my stomach and I said, it's the Queen of Diamonds. <laughs> and he had the King of Diamonds. I was so close. <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> And then I just got out the scarves and stuff and just danced around with them for a bit. Yeah, I had the final countdown play. And I just thought that was so funny when I first saw this. I know we'd seen a bit of final countdown before with the story in the cast episode, but I just thought, this is just so funny. The music, the character, the reactions to people like Michael, like going, oh, he actually did it. Very good job, Job, and stuff. It was just, I, I thought that was so funny. And I think the rest of the episode's really good with the kitty stuff and how it sort of, she ends up getting the evidence at the end from the sunken boat and things. But I, I, just, I just love the spring break. Job on spring break, Job doing an epic illusion. Win-win. I love how sinking the yacht is the most successful illusion yeah. he's pulled yeah. off. And then later on when the video comes out, they just include the things that he stuffed up. <laughs> yeah. Like the one yeah. time Job succeeds and it doesn't yeah. get him anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, now moving into our top five. With number five, the episode Mr. F. Mr. F. <laughs> now, perhaps this is a bit of a controversial pick. I didn't realise this, but every time I talk about season three, I really like season three. It's very good. And the reader storyline... Matt says, oh, that's a little bit divisive people, within the people, AD community. Yeah, people, some people didn't love the reader storyline, I think. I think it probably is one of the weaker story arcs. But credit where credit's due, they were right. They wrote a five-episode arc or four-episode arc before the big reveal is. A four-episode arc where every line about Rita has to have three meanings. So every line has to sound like, to Michael, she's... A school teacher, just a regular girl, okay? To us as viewers and to maybe some of the people in the view family, it has to read, she's a British spy. Yeah. And then when you have the big reveal, it turns out she's actually got a, a mental disability. <laughs> so, when, like, it's a very clever storyline that they've constructed there. Some people didn't like it. They thought it sort of took away from the other characters of the show. It was too much time on one joke. And... I, to be fair, I think it probably is 
on the greatest comedy series of all time, I'd argue one of the weaker storylines they had. But I still thought it was funny and good. Well, I like the storyline, and I think this is the best episode from it. I think with the Rita storyline, I think every time they had in the background, Mr. I love so much. And you have the thing with the the ride, and then that ties into maybe, because it's the studio's ride, and she has to um, change the name of it to try and make more money. Love indubitably. Yes. And then for me, the best part of the episode is the tiny town bit. Oh, it's great. The Bluths are trying to sell model homes to Japanese investors, but they don't have them yet. Hmm. So what they have done is used the uh, illusion of uh, depth perception and built tiny model homes not that far away so that when they look, it appears like there's lots of model homes in the distance. So while the investors are looking at this, Tobias comes along, who has been contacted by a CIA agent, yeah. who he thinks to be a talent agent, yeah. and they need him to be a mole, and he thinks that's an, a part of playing a mole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he comes along in a mole suit. Meanwhile, George Michael has a jetpack that he accidentally got. <laughs> accidentally ordered online from a Japanese website. He can't understand it. He can't work the suit and the jetpack. So they <laughs> collide into each other and there's this battle between this huge jetpack man and this huge mole on the tiny town and it looks like a scene from these like Japanese, Japanese monster movies. Yeah. Yeah. The way it all comes together is, I think, one of the funniest, if not the funniest uh, moments Someone, in Arrested Development. A fan of Arrested Development a fan of Arrested Development was telling me the other day, they thought that's the funniest scene of the show. They just couldn't stop laughing when they saw that. I, yeah. Job thinks that the small houses will play well to the Japanese investors. Will They'll get away with it. His reason is, we could get away with it if they squint. God knows they're squinters. <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes to present the houses to them. And he goes, oh, here's the houses, if you wouldn't mind squinting or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> <If> you squint. <laughs> it's just so good. It is a, it, it is a great, like, moment uh, of just craziness and, and comedy and stuff. Number four. It's the one where they build a house. This is a early season two episode. And it's really Job is president of the company, which I think was a great direction for the show to take in season two. I think there was so much great comedy out of Joe being president of the company. You know, he turns like, you know, his office is just a giant pool table and he gets like a guy to like make holes in the wall whenever he like needs to take <laughs> a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's really funny. Um, Michael goes, uh, Michael has an idea because he's really doing most of the work of we need to build another model home. It shows that the company's going in the right direction. We'll get like, you know, some traction. We build one home, we'll get some more investments, then we can build more homes. A good idea. Um, so Joe uh, goes, yeah, I'm not sure about that idea. And Michael goes, well, we can go for your idea if you have a business model. So Michael presents his idea to the board and everyone goes, yeah, very good, Michael. Yeah, okay, sounds good. And then Joe just stands up and goes, and that's why I said, you're no longer president. Two weeks. We can do it in two weeks. <laughs> and then just like, 
you know, makes magic all these, like, pennies rain down on the desk and all the <laughs> businessmen go ballistic and they're supporting. Mark goes, whoa, 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 Joe, 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 I said if you have a business model, we can go to your plan. Because I'm so glad you asked that, Michael. Please welcome Stala, the Blue Company business model. <laughs> and everyone just goes bananas. And then not only does he get his way, but he then, in a really smart move, really, then goes... We're going to be back up and running in two weeks unless Michael stuffs it up. So he's telling that even if his plan doesn't work, put all the blame on Michael by delegating this unrealistic task to him. With the great slogan, uh, the model comes out holding the great slogan, Solid as a Rock. Solid as a Rock. Which is a great song. Uh, YouTube that song if you haven't heard it. Uh, which starts playing as soon as she comes out. And I, I just love Michael sort of like putting together going, I'm not sure if solid as a rock helps us uh, shake the image that we build houses in a rock. <laughs> so, my Job just goes, I like that. <laughs> so whenever Job and Michael have an argument, they settle it by scissors, paper, rock. Yeah. And Michael always goes rock because he thinks rock yeah. should beat everything. Yeah. But Joe just goes paper. Yeah. And Michael's always frustrated at losing. So when they have the opening of this house, which has nothing in it, it's yeah. not solid as a rock, it's an empty house, because yeah. yeah. that's all they could do in two weeks. They get into this fight where there are these huge novelty scissors, and they get into this fight, and uh, Michael picks up this huge rock, which is also fake, and Job has these massive scissors, and they have, like, an actual... Yeah. <laughs> a scissor paper rock yeah. fight. which is really cool. I also love about this episode... Job is able to guilt Michael into letting him cut the ribbon, right? Michael really wants to cut the ribbon. Job goes, oh, no one's ever proud of me. I wanted you to be proud of me. And Michael goes, okay, you can cut the ribbon, Job. So um, then he's at the ceremony and George Michael's going, Dad, weren't you going to cut the ribbon? He goes, oh, I thought we'd let Job do it because, you know, he doesn't get much attention. Oh, where is Job? Then he's getting lowered on a giant crane to the final (laughs) countdown music. Or maybe it's the solid as a rock music going... My brother wasn't optimistic this could be done. And I wouldn't take wasn't <laughs> yeah. optimistic this could be done for an answer. Yes, yes. Just <laughs> completely throwing Michael under the bus again. <laughs> I love it. So um, we're now down to our top three episodes of Arrested Development of All Time. We have not ranked these yet, and I'll read them out in order, in chronological order, uh, of when they aired. We have Top Banana, the second episode of Arrested Development. We've got Peer Pressure, one that came late in Season 1. And we've got Afternoon Delight, one that came later in Season 2, or mid-Season 2. Here you go, the top three Arrested Development episodes. Which will be number one. Let's just go in chronological order. Top Banana, what do we think of this episode? As I think you said... Earlier, this was the episode that made you love Arrested Development. Yes. This was the same for me. Mm-hmm. I saw this episode and thought it was the funniest thing ever. I said, what's this show? I've got to find out when this show is on and watch all of them. Because, yeah. you know, back when you didn't just download everything, like, all yeah. in one show, you had to watch things on TV. I was yeah. like, got to find this show. Yeah. Channel 7 at 11.45 on a Tuesday night. I'm there. <laughs> like, there were just so many hit lines in this episode uh starting off with the michael finds this uh brown paper paper bag in the fridge oh. that says dead dove do not eat and he looks in it and he's like oh i don't know what i expected to find yes 
<laughs> he says, whose is this? And Job's like, you didn't eat that, did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then the, the <laughs> just the scene where uh, it goes, Job goes to the pet store and they go, do you want a cage for that? And he goes, I'm a magician. He puts it in his pocket. Then he walks into the glass door on his way out. And then he just turns around and goes, what is your return policy? <laughs> Him protesting, having to mail the letter and throwing that into the ocean. The scene where Ron Howe says, which wasn't as dramatic a gesture as Job had hoped. Yeah. And he's trying to throw the letter into the yeah. ocean at the beach and it's just flapping around and he has to do it like 10 times before he just runs into the water. That had me laughing so much. Yeah. We have Tobias's fire sale. I think I made the fire a little too real for them. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> We're having a fire sale. <laughs> oh, the birdie! <laughs> and then just the way he lies down on the yeah. And then just the way he's lying down at the end of that just is so great. So that's really good. See. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> George Senior and his ice cream sandwiches. How like he's just loving prison and just like thinks it's like his retirement, like a retirement home. It's so good. George Michael has been convinced by maybe to take a buck, throw away a banana, which is actually doubling their losses. He panics and decides to burn down the banana stand for the insurance money. Yeah. And T-Bone's just standing there and says, I'm going to get blamed for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some really good stuff. And then where it all comes together at the end, all through the episode, George Cena's been going, there's always money in the banana stand. I was like, you're insane. Like, we're not going to like be able to save this company through a little banana stand. So then... At the end, Michael's like sick of his fire. He's like, let's just burn down this banana stand. It's caused nothing but drama for our family. Uh, they're all there watching the banana stand burn. Then it turns out Michael then goes to Job. Hey, you mailed that insurance check to you, Job. And then on his segue, he's reversing <laughs> away. Um, so, uh, and and then he goes to the jail and he goes, I burnt that to the ground, Dad. And he's like, we had $10,000 lying in the wall of that banana stand. And then, like, they've got a no-touching rule in prison. It just... A lot of the jokes... I have to tell you. And that's what I thought. This show is so brilliant and clever because they had brought all those funny sort of jokes, just the envelope thing, the letter thing, the no touching thing. No touching. Yeah, no touching. No no touching. touching. The banana stand, the the throwaway lines, there's always... It all came together for a great story and... But a really funny, satisfying conclusion. Like, and I thought, this show is on fire. Because not only are they hitting these great home runs, they're also bringing it together for a great narrative. Can I just say you've been doing really well with your unintended puns this podcast, Matt? Before, you, when Joe was doing his presentation, you said that all the employees were going bananas. Oh, did I? So they could have been going frozen bananas. Yeah. Now you say that this show is on fire. Like the banana stand is on fire. Yeah. It's a yeah. podcast as layered as the show. Yes. Very much so. Um, peer, uh, the, the next one, peer pressure. The, this is the first episode with the lessons that we were talking about earlier. Yes. Buster is dating Lucille too, played by Liza Minnelli. Yes, and she suffers a touch of the dizzies, mm. and he decides to try and get some marijuana for her that will mm. mellow her out. Mm. So he goes to the toughest kid he knows, George Michael, in order to buy some pot. So he goes to the toughest guy he knows, Job, in order to get some pot. <laughs> And again, what we spent this episode is you have great George Michael Job interaction. Like it's always great to see sort of Job take George Michael under his wing. 
And George Michael, as he's been taught to do because of these lessons, leaves a note for Job <laughs> in which he reveals that he's trying to buy a pot. And Michael finds this, and he's very worried that George Michael has started smoking pot. Yeah. I love how Job takes it to Michael, the note, to show him, oh, your son's into drugs or whatever. And like Michael's like, oh, no, oh, this is concerning. And then, like, Job goes, so uh, $50 really can't get you that much. But, uh, <laughs> like, he gets out. Like, he actually brought the stuff as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, you can't get weed for 200 I mean, $100. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. So he decides to teach George Michael a lesson by getting J. Walter Weatherman, yeah. who George Sr. used to teach him lessons. Mm, yeah. And the sting is that George Michael will go there to get the pot. He'll come... As they do the deal, some cops will come out and arrest him. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the cops will come out and arrest him in the drug deal. George Michael gets scared and go, okay, don't do drugs, George Michael. Good lesson. Now, I don't think Jay Walsh Weatherman was keen to get involved in this. So I think they had to go to Job's uh, hot cop friends to form a stripping <laughs> agency Job worked for to come to the party. So we have this great scene where they break up the drug deal like and it's so good when they get the guys come out to deal the drugs and uh she was like do you have the drugs they're like i got it right here we're dealing some drugs <laughs> like, <laughs> these police run out with like a boom box like <laughs> oh no the cops are here oh, and Mike, look at how serious and hot they are yeah I love how, like, it's sort of so fake, but, like, Michael sort of thinks it's gone okay. Like, he goes, okay, I hope you learnt your lesson, buddy. And George Michael just looks more confused than scared. (laughs) And then one of the greatest scenes in Arrested Development, then real drug dealers come up because they've seen the lights flashing. Flashing lights. And then the real police turn up, and all of a sudden the whole Blue family is in the middle of a shootout (laughs) between the real police and the real drug dealers. And in the middle of the shootout, as Michael is lying on the ground with his hands on his head, he sees an arm fly across the dock. Oh my, that guy just lost his arm. <laughs> and Jay Walter Weatherman stands up and says, and that's why you don't teach your son lessons. Um, they did this episode because the Fox Network had asked Mitch Hurwitz, the, the rest of development writers, to write an episode where they learn a lesson. A lesson. <laughs> they were actually asked to do this, uh, and this is what they came up with. A lesson about not teaching a lesson. So there you go. It's sort of like when they um, asked them to do product, ref- uh, product placement for Burger King in season two. And he just got the most ridiculous Burger King product <laughs> placement, like Tobias going for a meeting at Burger King. <laughs> and like Carl Weathers going like, you know what you can get here at Burger King? Tobias going, it's a wonderful restaurant. <laughs> so there you go. And then finally, Afternoon Delight. Afternoon Delight. Yeah. This is really a great episode. You've got Job with his suits um, he starts wearing his dad's suits um, to look more professional around the workplace. Suits that seem to escalate in value yeah. throughout the episode. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy in the 4,000 dude's going to hold the lift for this guy that doesn't make that in a month. Come on! Yeah, and he goes, come on after saying how much you can pay for a suit. It's so good. That's such a great joke. 
I love how he does. He makes that noise, but then when he can't think of anything, it just sort of hangs there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just sort of peters out pathetically. I love when they've got the Christmas party in this episode, and he's going, okay, let's start the Christmas party now. Mike's like, oh, don't you want to give people a chance to go home and get changed? He goes, oh, and I've been trying to compete with what I'm wearing? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got the great toast where he gets a guy up to toast him. And he's sort of, like, he's really nervous. And he says, okay, I'd like to thank uh, you guys for rehiring me. It's been tough for you. That's how my brother did. Talk about me. So he says nice things about Joe, but everyone thinks it's a joke. And, like, then Joe ends up firing <laughs> Please everyone. Please stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. Please stop laughing. <laughs> Screw you. You're fine. You're all fine. <laughs> um, and then... So in order to liven up the Christmas party a bit, there's some karaoke, and Michael and maybe start singing Afternoon Delight. Hmm. And it's going pretty well. It's a nice, catchy tune. But as they go, and it turns out, the song's a little bit sexual, and yeah. they're singing it to each other. Yeah. And they're related, which yeah. is... And she's the 16-year-old girl. Bobo <laughs> <laughs> well, just cuts it off and goes, uh, toast time. And then, like, they baby goes to walk off with me. He's like, no, 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 you walk that way. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, then we've got Job realising he has perhaps lost like his sense of humour in the role of businessman, that people don't respect him the way they did when he was making jokes and he doesn't have people laughing with him anymore. <laughs> so he rocks up to the second Christmas party that's set up to uh, give them their jobs back in the banana suit <laughs> to get people laughing again, which is great. And then you've got George Michael and Lindsay decide to take a turn at karaoke and accidentally pick the same song. <laughs> and it's great. Tobias has been blown and poked by Lucille, which means she stabbed him with a stick and put an air horn in his ear. So he's can't hear and he's got his ears all picked up and he just sees Michael and Lin, uh, George Michael and Lindsay singing together and he just says to someone while they're singing Afternoon Delight, that's my wife and my nephew. We have an open relationship. (laughs) (laughs) And Lucille, who has accidentally eaten some marijuana brownies, Mm. uh, the brand Afternoon Delight Mm. of marijuana, drives to the Christmas party while high and crashes it into the banana stand, Mm. trapping Job in his banana suit. Mm. So Buster, who has been playing hooky from the army... Mm. Instead of going to the army, he has just been playing this skill tester machine yeah. where he drops down the hook. And I love how he brings these home. Yeah. And he's like, like, mother, I want these at army. The yes. seal is for marksmanship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he hops on the crane to use his skill tester skills in order to rescue Job, pulls him out of the wreckage. It actually does it. He's actually yeah, yeah. hero. But the skill tester machine doesn't involve lowering carefully and it just drops him down into the ocean. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty great. The uh, One other thing I'll say about this episode is it probably has one of the most clever and subtle references or inside jokes. At the beginning, Michael's having to rebuild the banana stand that's been vandalised by local youth. The graffiti says something along the lines of, We'll get you, Blues. Hello. Uh, yes. Which is revealed in the final episode of the series <laughs> up until season four that uh, Anyang, their exchange student, which they all call Anyang because in his uh, language, I think it's Korean. Am I? Yeah. Yeah, Korean. 
Anyang is hello, and therefore, um, uh, yeah, Anyang means hello, so he just says Anyang is hello, and everyone just thinks his name's Anyang, because that's all he <laughs> says. Anyway, it's revealed in the final that for the past couple of seasons, Anyang has been working against the family, conspiring <laughs> against the family to bring them down. He's the mole in the family, Anyang, and his real name is... Hello. <laughs> so we have from sort of early to mid-season two, this sort of clue that Anyang is working against the family. <laughs> In very just like, it's just on the graffiti on the banana stand. How great's that show? How great is the show? Uh, yeah. It really is things like that that separate Arrested Development from Any other other great yet. shows yeah. as make being the best show. Yes, I would agree. So we're going to rank these three. What is the third best of those three episodes? Well, I had a lot of fun just talking about those episodes. Yes. Uh, So I think they definitely all deserve to be there. I'm thinking maybe Afternoon Delight as third. I would agree with that. I think that's probably... I think Peer Pressure and Top Banana are the ones that really, in my head, are so good and flawless. I think maybe with the afternoon, like maybe a little bit of the Oscar storyline wasn't a hot, like as good as the rest of the episode. Maybe mm-hmm. like again, we're, we're nitpicking here because mm-hmm. to actually separate the top three, top banana peer pressure. What are we thinking? If someone says Arrested Development and just something flashes through your mind, what do I associate with that? The two things that come to mind mm-hmm. are the lesson on the dock. Yeah. And Joe bumping into the door of the pet shop with the dove. Really? His coat. That's just sort of really? the, the first flashes of images of Arrested Development. So the fact that these two yeah. are one and two sort of... I think for me it would be a Joe illusion, the final countdown thing, or the no-touching scene in Top Banana. Part of me thinks Top Banana has the most home runs in terms of gags, sight gags, jokes, moments, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got a good story too. I think Peer Pressure has a slightly, like, Top Banana's got this too, but I think Peer Pressure has a slightly more complex story, the whole lesson on a lesson. Mm. I, I do think that sort of thing on the dock is a little bit better and more of a bigger twist that you couldn't see coming as much as the Top Banana twist. I don't know, Peer Pressure, I think maybe slightly better story, Top Banana slightly better gags. I think I'm leaning towards Peer Pressure. Just because I think that's perhaps the cleverest storyline they've done Mm. and the way that all of that came together and also laid foundations for jokes in future episodes. Yeah. It's really representative of what makes Arrested Development great. And Top Banana did that well and had lots of funny jokes, but I think there are lots of episodes with, with great jokes. It's constantly hilarious, but that story in peer pressure just sort of epitomizes what's good about Arrested Development. I'd agree, and I'm happy to make peer pressure the number one episode of Arrested Development. We've Let's done do it. Let's do it. Type it in. It's official. It's been typed in. Now, I actually have a little bit of a story about this episode of Peer Pressure. Oh. I think it was around 2004 or 2005... I came over to your house, Matt. So Matt and I, you know, have been friends for quite a while. Yes. And Matt said... Well, we've oh, known each other for a while. <laughs> no, I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Something else we fake on the podcast. Yeah. 
And Matt said, oh, there's this show. Oh, do you want to watch it? And I was like, yeah, whatever, put it on. And Matt puts on, this is a VHS tape. Matt has recorded this off the TV. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How young were we? <laughs> How long ago was the show? Puts in a VHS tape. <laughs> and we watch an episode of Arrested Development. And it's peer pressure. Whoa. Now, we're watching the episode, and it's kind of quiet. I can't really hear what's going on. And I say to Matt, I can't really hear it. And I don't know if you... Was it, was, was it like an effort? You had to go to the TV to change the volume? We didn't have the remote? Yeah, maybe, yeah. So he does it. And I still can't really hear it. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to complain again. So I, I'm like, oh, I still can't really feel hear free, it. Feel free, like, if you're ever around. Don't you? Like, <laughs> I feel like you can only ask the volume to be changed once. So I think Matt goes again, maybe, like, presses the button once, comes back. I still can't really hear it. Yeah, oh, no. So I thought I've asked why. Like, I can't really be bothered to, like, complain anymore. Oh. And we watch the episode, and I don't know what's going on. And Matt keeps laughing at things. <laughs> oh, no! And I don't know whether because the show's actually funny or whether because he's seen it before and knows when to laugh. <laughs> but I can't hear it. <laughs> so we watch this whole episode of Arrested Development. I barely laugh once because I don't know what's going on. Oh, no! And at the end of it, Matt's like, what do you think? And I just went... Oh, it was okay. <laughs> Just as, like, the standard response, then yeah, want to rock yeah. the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then left Arrested Development for a while. Little did I know that it was the greatest episode of the greatest TV show of all time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why did we turn the, why did I have the volume up now? It doesn't mean it was someone else that I'm doing so something. Weird. It was so bizarre. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> I was probably so disappointed that you didn't love it. Yeah. Like, I was probably when you were going, oh, man. You're like, I've got this guy all wrong. Why yeah. do I hang out with this guy? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a good story. <laughs> well, we were going to do something else in this podcast, and it was run through for season four coming up. What are some of the gags and um, running jokes in Arrested Development? Because you can probably tell there's a lot of them. Uh, which ones are we most looking forward to seeing in the next season? Make a reappearance. What will we be marking off? And the great thing, we're going to get the ones that we list here, plus some additional ones that we came up with on a bingo sheet, <laughs> that, uh, or a couple of bingo sheets that you can print off from the Screen Verdict Facebook page. Uh, copy them from that and, and uh, download them. There'll be images saved on there, I think. And uh, you can, while you're watching Season 4, cross them off. You get four in a row, bingo. You can uh, win win amongst your friends. So print off a couple of them and uh, play along with your friends and family at home. The Screen Verdict Arrested Development bingo game. Uh, but here's just some of the things we're particularly looking forward to uh, making reappearances in the next season. So this is in no particular order le- a lesson. A J. Walter lessons. Weatherman lesson. A leaving and that's why you lesson... Now, this one could be a bit hard. Uh, I would not be surprised if we did not see his return because, um, it, and this isn't a joke or anything, there's some actually sad news. Do you know this? Has the J. Walter Weatherman yes. actor passed away? Yes. Um, Steve Ryan, who played J. Walter Weatherman, passed away in 2007. So I'm not sure if they will bring back that sort of... Ho- hopefully there's a nice little nod to him or to those jokes. Yeah, this is sad news. Uh, he, he, I, I hope this isn't some elaborate lesson from the Arrested <laughs> Development team, but I, I, I don't think it is. 
They faked the death of Steve Ryan in order to teach Fox a lesson yeah. for cancelling Arrested and that's Development. that's why you don't cancel Arrested Development. <laughs> okay. We have, obviously, a final countdown illusion. Job doing an illusion of final countdown. I had my ringtone as the final countdown for about two years after watching Arrested Development. Well, after that talent show performance I did... People just associated me with Final Countdown after that. I was a bit like a Job, I guess, of the school. Um, <laughs> that's a good yeah. But people just. But I went to Paris. People like, oh, we've got Final Countdown on karaoke. Can you sing it and stuff like that? Yeah. It was, um, because obviously no one has seen the show at this point, so it just looked like an original gag from me. Like, it was pretty good. Next, we have the running joke of Hermano. Hermano, which sort of combines with Buster's. Hey, brother. Yeah. Like, yes. Hey, Hermano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty confident we're going to hear Hermano used <laughs> at some point in the 15 episodes. It is good. Uh, it means brother in Spanish. It would be funny if it didn't. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> but it does. I've spoken with Spanish people and it does. If I meet a Spanish person, I'm like, Hermano means brother. <laughs> okay. The next one. Job makes a huge mistake. Yeah, I feel like in these I'm sort of trying to convince you that I that I really like these jokes. You know, I had Final Countdown as my ringtone. Well, this one, I've got more proof. I actually own a T-shirt, which on it says, I've made a huge mistake. Have you told the story on the podcast? Uh, <laughs> have you told that before? I don't think so. I'll quickly tell it. It's quite a good story. I'll do the short version. Please. <laughs> because of the two of us, I am the one known for telling long stories. <laughs> no, 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 no. Take as long as you want. I don't mind. Got nothing on tonight. <laughs> so I order the shirt online, and the first day it comes, I'm really excited. I put it on, and I go meet a friend at an Asian cafe in Chatswood. And I'm a very white person. I have a very white palate. So in the Asian <laughs> cafe, the food I order is French toast and French fries. <laughs> I'm surprised they even sold it. <laughs> I'm shocked it's even on the menu. So the French toast comes, two slices on top of each other. I start eating it. After one or two bites, my mouth starts to burn. I open it up and there's something inside. And I call the waitress over and I say, what's in this? She says, peanut butter. I was like, the menu didn't say peanut butter. She's like, peanut butter. It's like, I'm allergic to peanut butter. She's like, peanut, <laughs> peanut butter. butter on French toast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. So 20 minutes later, I'm getting rushed through hospital. I need oxygen. I need adrenaline. And I just start tugging on the dress of the nurse next to me. And she's like, what's wrong? What is it? What is it? And I just point at my shirt. I've made a huge mistake. Was she a fan of Arrested Development? <laughs> <laughs> She did not seem to appreciate <laughs> the humour of my shirt. Oh, no. Anyway, the next one we've got, and some of the other characters have said I've made a huge mistake, but it's really Job that makes the huge mistakes. He's the one who might goes, Job, I'm sick of you coming up to me telling me I've made a huge mistake. Job goes, what? I've never admitted to a mistake. <laughs> and, and when he's renovating his office, Job's putting up a sign saying... Um, a motivational poster. A motivational poster. Um, don't be afraid to make a mistake and then if the <laughs> sign falls down he's like, oh, just forget about it <laughs> something else we've got on the list is no touching no touching uh, we've got the chicken dance <laughs> 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 Joe's got a chicken dance 
Um, it involves clapping. It's hilarious. Chickens don't clap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then other members of the family also have it. So you got Lindsay, who's chachi, 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 and uh, Lucille, who's got George Senior with kaka kacha, kaka kacha. Is that it? Is that George Senior? And Michael just like, does anyone know how a chicken sounds? Has anyone in this family ever seen a chicken? Uh, so hopefully we see them pop up again, and I'm sure we will. I, w- I think we're going to see them again. This one's a bit obscure. I don't think many people know this one. I suggested this one for the list, <laughs> but it is one of my favourites. Maybe as a, to get attention, wants people to think she's going away to Portugal. She's fleeing to Portugal. I think she says to George Michael, like, oh, when they think I'm in South America, like, you know, they're going to get so worried. George Michael's like, ah, uh, I don't think. Portugal's in South America. Anyway, so she leaves it on the kitchen bench. We're hoping her parents will find it and whatever. Anyway, Job comes in a couple scenes later and goes, and he thinks it's Michael's plane ticket, and he goes, ah, Portugal. Gonna go live it up uh, down South America way, huh, Mikey? (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, he's chasing Michael later in the episode going, I saw your plane ticket. I saw your plane ticket, Michael. If you're planning to go to Portugal, it's due south. (laughs) I think that's why he's been learning Spanish. Spanish, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, in season two, George Senior calls Job from Mexico, and like there's like me- Spanish or Mexican or whatever they speak in Mexico on the phone, and he hangs up, and Mike goes, "Oh, is that Dad?" And he's like, "Yeah." Because where was he? He goes, "Oh, nowhere to tell. Maybe Portugal, down <laughs> South America." Like. <laughs> So yeah, I, I just re- I just find that it's very under the radar and joke, and it's not something that But I just love that so much. I find that so funny. Job referring to Portugal as being in South America. This might be a bit of an odd derailment of the podcast, but in the Steve Ryan IMDb page, which Matt has up, there is trivia. Yeah. The trivia reads. <laughs> Tall, virile, firm-jawed American support actor who tended to play officer types and other authoritative figures. Yeah. That seems less like trivia as a subjective physical description that is slightly sexual slash creepy. Yeah. I don't know. There's some funny trivia on Matt. He's virile and firm-jawed. Yeah. He's look. He looks pretty good in the photo, doesn't he? Mm. I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> Does he? He looks a bit. Uh, he's got a bit of a Mitt Romney quality to it. <laughs> <laughs> should we dedicate this podcast to Steve Ryan? Well, he did feature in our favorite episode. Yeah, I think of we should time. dedicate it to Steve Ryan. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the next one. Huh. <laughs> I think this starts off with. Michael not being a fan of George Michael's girlfriend, yeah. Anne. Hmm. And he often wonders, why her? And he yeah. just says, her? Is her with this question mark? And then it starts to become, like, other characters use it. George Sr. sees her from up yeah. in the attic, and he's like, her? Yeah. And then George Michael finds out that Michael's seeing Maggie Lizer again, hmm. uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, the blind attorney, yeah. and then George Michael's like, her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arrested Development can just make one word funny. Just yeah. H-E-R with a question mark, one of the funniest on-running jokes in the show. And this is how it works. And the girl that is often referred to in this context, is not a supermodel, not the most, like, incredibly trained, then it wouldn't make sense to joke. 
But she's by no means an ugly girl. Like, you know, I wouldn't not go out with someone who looked like that. I'd be pretty comfortable going out with someone who looked like that. She, She's, like, so it's just so ridiculous how harsh they are on her. It's like, she's, the joke fits that character so well. If she was less attractive, it would seem cruel. If it was more attractive, it would see not make sense. It's the perfect... She's an ordinary girl. Especially because George yeah. Michael's such a dork. You'd think Michael would yeah. be happy that he's yeah. just socialising. Mm. Yeah. Uh, some of the Anne jokes about like constantly forgetting her is so good. I love how in her yearbook it says not pictured, which yeah. she is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's really good. Uh, we've got, come on, the suit thing. We talked about that earlier. We're going to hear a come on from Jove, I would imagine. And Tobias's cutoffs. Never he, nude. Yeah, he's a never nude. <laughs> concept of the never nude. Yeah. Yet to be recognised by the DSM-4. I do think, other than the lessons in Portugal, we're going to see all those things return. Right? Yes. No touching borderline. I think we're going to see no touching back. I feel like... Th- they probably will, and hopefully in sort of maybe like a clever way. What, rather, maybe the no touching rather than being in the prison, maybe, you know, someone goes to grab someone else's food and they yeah. just say no touching. Like a little yeah. thing like that, I could definitely see the show incorporating it into. Okay. Let's make some quick predictions about next season. Lucille, in prison? I don't know. Lucille seems to be the character that always gets away with everything. Mm. So I'm going to say... There's maybe the suggestion that could be a storyline, but that she'll avoid it. I think she'll be in prison next season. I think in season four, we'll see Lucille in prison. I think that could be funny. She'll be the one arrested, I think, because it sort of ended last season with everything falling, coming down in on her. George Michael and maybe. How far do they go? Nowhere. Nowhere. You think on, on a baseball diamond? Nowhere. I, they don't even bat. They don't even have an... No one strikes out. It's just not even... is a not at bat. I'm going to say at least third base. (laughs) Didn't they establish that they're not biologically related? Yeah. But then Michael was like, yeah, "Yeah, but she'll always be family. You can't do that. But in season three, they got to second base. I feel like they've got to get further as the series goes on. That's... I think we've talked about the bases before, yeah. so we don't have to go over this. But no. I thought Arrested Development, they had that joke about going in head first, yeah. and that was second. Yes. That doesn't lot of, leave a lot of room. I thought we established that was third. What, what? is what is third if going in head first oh. Oh, is second? Oh, right, okay. I, I, I don't think the head first was a reference to Oral, but... Is that, like... That's what yeah, I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. the joke was. Oh. Well, maybe, yeah. Let us know, listeners, uh, what you think. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, okay. I, I think, well, if it's oral, then, like, but at least that far. I, I think we're going <laughs> to... I think we're going to see progression on the George <laughs> Michael, maybe. Do you really think the show will be that specific? It'll be specific <laughs> enough to say they did something <laughs> sexual but didn't have sex. Okay. Well, you're saying nothing. I'm saying something. Okay. I think that relationship's okay. going to go somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if they got home. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Probably not, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Tobias, will he actually be out of the closet this season? <laughs> because it seemed like the funny thing about the first two seasons was he was always sort of, it was a bit sort of like, he always sort of freudingly sort of said gay things or did gay things, but there was never any acknowledgement of him being gay and whenever anyone accused him, no, I'm not gay or whatever. Um, or he was just oblivious to the accusations. Season three, there was a little more like his, 
sort of the way he liked that, the talent agent and the gym and things, he was coming along a bit more overtly gay. Do we think he's going to be out of the closet this season at any point? I know, that's an interesting one because what made it funny was that he wasn't. Mm. But I guess, you know, maybe the show needs to go somewhere else and I'm sure they could find, you know, funny situations for if he did come out. Mm. I'm going to go with no. I'm going to agree with no. Maybe that's a bit wishful thinking because I think his obliviousness is funnier than what would be if he was openly gay. We know uh, Lucille 2, Liza Minnelli, is coming back for the next season. Will Buster and her go out? I'm going to say yes, something happens between them, but they won't end up together. Okay. Uh, I'll say yes too. I think, <laughs> I think something will happen with them. <laughs> How many Job illusions do you think we're going to get? To be accompanied with Final Countdown music. I'm going to say one. I'll say two. I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> These are some bold and daring yeah. predictions. <laughs> Tearing the community apart. <laughs> like the first two, we were quite divided, and all the rest have been pretty similar. Oh, and we did—we were doing the first one. Like, oh, this is a great segment. Like, we're getting a lot of like different opinions. This is going to be someone's going to look like an idiot in like a couple of months. <laughs> we come back. Come on. He did two. You dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So anyway, there you go. Now, housekeeping segments. <laughs> we love the housekeeping. People love the housekeeping. Yeah. I've got two things. Number one, well, this one's a bit about you. Ooh. Someone's too cool to come to my Arrested Development party in a week's time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you are. We've been waiting seven years for this, buddy. Why can't you come? Well, as the listeners may know, the, the, we've only got a 50-50 record of seeing films together. Yeah. So there was only a 50-50 chance of me coming to your viewing party to begin yeah. with. <laughs> but I think I have a valid excuse. I won't be in the country. What? I'll actually be in the very exact country that the show Arrested Development was made in. Whoa. I'm going to be traveling to the US a week from now. Yeah. To compete in the World Jiu-Jitsu Championships. Great. That's, that, that is great for you, not great for the podcast. So if you're interested in being a co-host on the Screen Verdict no, podcast, no, you no. can send in your applications. Well, I'm not, this is my laptop. I'm gonna, maybe I'll recruit an American co-host. I don't think many people in America can do podcasts, can they? Do they have podcasts in America? <laughs> they made Arrested Development. They can't be too bad. Do they have podcasts? Over there? Of course they've got podcasts over there. Oh, I mean, okay, well, let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. Buddy. I feel like we'll work something out. Screen okay. Verdict's going to be all good. Because we've got the end of Game of Thrones. We've got Arrested Development coming. We need to do podcasts, so... <laughs> That's what uh, we do. Yeah. It's how it's how we don't make money each week. Yeah, yes. How exactly. else will we not make money without yeah. the podcast? Yeah, but all the best for your trip. Uh, all our prayers and thoughts are with you at Screen Verdict. Uh, the whole team is wishing you the best. I hope the interns have baked me a cake. Mm, maybe. We'll see. So, <laughs> well, um, speaking of us making money, uh, we've got some exciting news on the Screen Verdict front. Uh, and it's a win-win because we can make some money, but also you can be the coolest kid in school, <laughs> the coolest kid. You can be the laughing stock of the boardwalk. Um, 
with Screen Verdict merchandise. We've got a Screen Verdict store. If you go to cafepress.com slash Screen Verdict podcast, and you can buy uh, T-shirts and hoodies and um, other sorts of shirts and an apron, a clock, the Screen Verdict clock, which says it's Screen Verdict podcast time. (laughs) <laughs> Screen verdict, a mug, some iPhone covers in cases, um, some yeah, long sleeve t shirt, short sleeve t shirt. We've got it all. We've got it all year. Get very excited, guys. So you can get them. There are Team Jonathan and Team Matt t shirts. So you can get your favorite, uh, your favorite person's t shirt. We've got a Return of Jafar shirt too, which says it's good, but it's no Return of Jafar. Now I didn't put the. Um, are in just for copyright purposes, like no return of Jafar, and you can we'll, be, we'll be putting that in. We'll put the R in, or I'll edit it to put an R in. So there'll be one R coming. Well, Disney, tem- come at me, bro. Bring it on, Disney. I'm um, afraid of your lawyer's son. Well, I think um, Apple suing Samsung did nothing but wonders for the galaxy. Like it's now become the number one selling like phone. I think like it just drew attention to the galaxy. So I think, I think we need to try and do more things that will get us. <laughs> I think Disney suing it. We could be bigger than. Disney. Correctly spelling yeah. Jafar is the <laughs> first option. Yeah. We blind up. As we know, Return of, J- it, 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 Return of Jafar is to film what Arrested Development is to TV. It's <laughs> the gold standard. So yeah, there you go, guys. Um, so we've got a store. Jonathan's going away. Hopefully you enjoyed our final countdown to Arrested Development. <laughs> Put him between my teeth.